0: You're listening to the Born Again Anxious Podcast. Anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues don't just go away magically for Christians. So let's have an honest conversation about what it's like to be born again and anxious. Well, welcome back to the Born Again Anxious Podcast. I am your host, Adam Reynolds, and I'm so glad that you... Are tuning in and that you are joining us on this journey as we talk about being born again and anxious you know today I want to look at an account in the Bible uh, where there's a prophet that seems like he may be dealing with depression anxiety maybe maybe both now I want to be perfectly clear the text itself does not say that uh, that he is dealing with this but it's interesting. It's interesting because the Bible never, never says uh, that a, that someone is is dealing with a mental health issue, and yet, yet there are times when we read this story, and we think, you know, this looks an awful lot like fill in the blank with whatever, right? And so <clears throat> we're kind of we're kind of speculating here, um, but it seems to me. Uh, like something may be going on. But here's here's the deal, and, and here's why I bring this story up, is because I think this story has a lot to teach us about how do we deal with depression and anxiety as a follower of Jesus. So let's uh, let's jump into the story. It comes out of it comes out of 1 Kings 19. Uh, but really to understand it, you gotta go back to 1 Kings 19. 18, right, and read some of what is going on. So there's there's a prophet, his name is Elijah, right, and and verse 17 of chapter 18 starts out this way. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he answered him, I've not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord." And followed the balls. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel, and four hundred fifty prophets of Baal and the four hundred prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different options? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, then then follow Him. And the people did not answer him a word. And so Elijah has kind of he's kind of laid down the gauntlet here, right? Who are you going to follow, and who who are you going to serve? In this case, I, I think they they're going to see firsthand who has. The power, the story continues. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. So I'm one man, but, but look, here's 450 men. So let two bulls be given to us. And let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood and put no fire on it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of my God, the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered him, well, it it is well spoken, right? Okay, let's do this thing. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourself one bull and prepare it first. For you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bowl that was given them, and they prepared it, and they called upon the name of all from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying... I, I've always thought that this part is funny, by the way. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing, or he, or he is relieving himself, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation, but there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. And then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench around the altar, as great as would contain two sheaths of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bowl in pieces and laid it on the wood. And he said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, no, now do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench with water. And at the time of the offering, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that these people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, And the wood and the stones and the dust, that that little detail there, not, not only did it consume the wood, but it consumed the stones and the dust and the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Now, you could not experience this and not, not come to know and see the power of God, right? Right? They had, they had experienced this thing that was miraculous. And everyone there knew the power of God. Elijah knew the power of God. And then we get... To chapter 19. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he rose and ran for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. I've always thought that this reaction, it's, it's so odd. It's such an odd sequence of events. I mean, he has just seen the power of God on display. He's, he's, been, he's been at the highest of highs, right? This is like, this is like the ultimate camp high. And now, just, just a chapter later, he's at the lowest of lows. Take my life. Because because I'm no I'm no better than my fathers, right? And and it's so interesting to me, and it, I think it points out what I would say is is our first lesson here from this passage, and the lesson is this: depression lies. You know, Elijah knows that God has seen him through in the past, but he doesn't see that in the present. I mean. It, Look at chapter 18. This amazing thing has happened. You, you couldn't have witnessed that and not know that God is in control. right? There would be no doubt in your mind, or shouldn't be any doubt in your mind at that point. And then we get to chapter 19, and Jezebel, who's not God, by the way, sends this threat, sends this messenger to Elijah. Right? And says, I'm, I'm going to kill you. And Elijah, who has just seen God work in mighty ways, is now scared. And would rather die than, than face this situation. Right? I, this is so odd, and yet it's really not because it's the experience that I have sometimes. And probably the experience that you have as well. Now, I've never sat under a tree and, and a broom tree and said, oh, God, take my life. Right? But, but I have forgotten who God is and what he has done and how he has been faithful again and again and again. And so I think to, to help combat this, this depression or anxiety that lies to us we've got to be intentional about remembering times past remembering why God and how God has worked in our lives and in the lives of those around us i mean it's it's why it's why they built altars it's why they built altars in the old testament right read read about abraham building an altar and naming it something because God had done something. It was it was a reminder. It was a reminder of, of God's faithfulness and what he had done. So where do you need to to build an altar, so to speak, in your lives? Where do you need to be intentional about setting things up so that you will remember again and again and again what God has done? in you and through you, and how he has seen you through. You know, keep going in First Kings 19 and verse 5 says this, and he lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again, and the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food for forty days and forty nights toward the mountain of God. Here's here's the second lesson that I think we learn from this story. When you're depressed, you have to take care of the basics. Elijah slept, he ate, he slept, he ate, and then he went on his journey. The angel told him, arise, eat, for the journey is too great for you. In order to make the journey, he needed to simply take care of some necessities right and here's here's I think a truth for us, those of us who deal with depression and anxiety we sometimes overlook the basics I know when i have i've I've talked in a previous podcast episode about how I tend to go through cycles right and and I tend to go through cycles of depression and i I know when I Am in one of those cycles of depression. It, sometimes it's just it's harder for me to take care of basic tasks, like getting enough sleep, or um, you know, taking care of myself by eating the right foods. I mean, my go-to depression food is fruity pebbles like i could devour an entire bag of fruity pebbles if i wanted to when when i'm in one of those depression cycles but i know i know that's not good for me i know i know i shouldn't do that and i know in the long run it's not it's not going to help me one bit and yet i continue to do that sometimes with depression it's so easy to overlook the basics but don't overlook The basics. And I think this is a lesson, not only for those of us who struggle uh, with with depression and anxiety, but also those who um, care for someone who deals with these things, right? If you have someone in your life that deals with these things, um, help them do the basic things make sure they're eating i mean i I cannot tell you how many times my wife has been like all right look you gotta eat i know you say you're not hungry i know you don't want to eat but you gotta eat right i don't know how many times she's looked at me and said you know what it's time to sleep uh you you need to go to bed right you do this in a loving way to be sure um, but you but you still have to do that right So don't overlook the basics. Continuing on in verse 9. There he came, Elijah, came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I... Only even I am left, and they seek to take my life away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. The sound of a low whisper. Elijah was in a cave. And I'm not sure he was in a place to hear from the Lord. He's still stuck in the situation at hand. I mean, you can see it. You can, you can read it in the response that he gives to God when God asks him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Right, And he starts to, starts to complain about things. So the angel tells him, go out and stand before the Lord. And out of all the things that happen, where is the Lord? In the low whisper. It's after he goes out. It's after that that he goes out and speaks with the Lord. And here's the lesson, I think, for us. With everything else going on around him, Elijah was in a place to hear from the Lord in the calm and the silence. And I know this from personal experience. With depression and anxiety, you have to make time to calm the noise around you and hear from God. See, I don't know about you, but I know about me. That when I am dealing with depression and when I'm dealing with anxiety, my go-to is to try to distract. Distract myself from what's going on around me, right? I'll get on social media, I'll get, I'll, I'll get on Netflix, I'll turn on the TV, um, I'll, I'll go do something else. Right, so I just don't have to think about it. There, there's, there's this, um, this joke that uh, you know, my dad, he he has told me before that when he was growing up, his, uh, he would look at his mother, my grandmother, and and say, you know, I'm bored, and she would say, well, go sit under a tree and think. Now we don't like to go sit under a tree and think. Why? Because sometimes when we're alone in the quiet with our thoughts, that's that's when God begins to speak to us. And sometimes, sometimes if I'm honest, I don't like what God has to say. I don't like the reminders that God gives me. And yet, yet I need to do that so often. I need to make space for calm and for silence. So what do we what do we learn from the story of Elijah? What, what, what do we take from this? Well we take number one that depression lies. Depression lies. It, it, it doesn't matter what has happened in the past. It doesn't matter how convinced you are of how great God is. Depression will lie to you and try to convince you that things are terrible. And so be intentional about remembering the past. The other thing about depression is when you're depressed, you have to take care of the basics. So make time to take care of the basics. And the third thing is with everything going on around you, make time for calm, and for silence. I mean, I'm so glad that you joined us today. I hope that this was encouraging to you. Um, I hope that if, if you are one that struggles with depression, anxiety, panic attacks, some other mental health issue, um, I hope you know this. Uh, you, are, you are going to feel at points like you want to give up. Don't. Because God is faithful, he has been over and over, and he will continue to be. And if you feel like, man, I'm just on this journey all on my own, know this, you're not. Others have walked this this journey before you, and others will walk this journey. So let's, let's walk this journey together. I'd love for you to reach out to me if you'd like to chat. Um, you, can, you can find all my contact information on, uh, in the, the um, information on this podcast. Uh, you can also go and join our Facebook group. Uh, it's Born Again Anxious. Just search for that on, uh, uh, on Facebook and you'll find that. Um, that's a place where I hope that we're able to extend the conversation. About, uh, about these things. Well, I hope you join us next week. Um, we're talking about social media. And I, I can't remember who, um, who said this quote. Maybe I'll figure it out between then and now. Uh, but I heard somebody once say this. They said, social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, um, is a global broadcasting network. You are running your own global broadcasting network if you have a Facebook page, and not everyone is up to the task of running a global broadcasting network and so we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about social media next week and we're going to be talking about about this idea of how how does social media uh, influence those of us who deal with depression and anxiety, and what are some really practical things that we can do to help um, help it not be an issue. So I hope you'll join us for that um, that podcast. So until then, grace and peace, my friends. Well, thanks for listening to the Born Again Anxious podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Additionally, if you'd like to continue the conversation, we'd love to connect on Facebook. So just go to facebook.com slash born again and join our private Facebook group. Or you can simply find us by searching born again anxious.